This week's episode of Nerd Cognito is brought to you by The Red Room. Our friends at The Red Room have sponsored a string of shows to let you know about what we think, legitimately, sponsor or not, was one of their best properties that has now entered the second edition realm. As you know, Red Room recently released their Wretched RPG Core Rules, and now Wretched Epoch is the first I guess you would call it setting entry into the Wretched RPG core system. We loved Wretched Epoch. It was a great look. Bert, you're you're going to run it, right? So Yeah, absolutely. I'm really excited to put together a game of that on my table. Go to the Red Room's website. That's the redroom.com, but the Red Room is spelled backwards. It's m o o r d e r e h t.com or pick up all of their stuff on Big Geek Emporium. Or if you're looking for, like I do, the print-on-demand stuff, look at Lulu. Epoch coming soon to Lulu. Everything else is there. So, again, uh, their website, Big Geek Emporium, or Lulu, and get your fill of the Red Room. We know you're going to love it. We do. And it'll be a great addition to your table. Now, on with the show. Hey, 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 welcome, welcome, welcome. We're in for another week, and this is a great week. You know, I think the the choppy seas have finally subsided a little bit, and we're getting back to business. Welcome to Nerd Cognito. My name is Ryan David. I'm joined, as always, by Bert. Hey, Bert. Hey, Ryan. How's it going this week? It's going pretty good this week, and my good friend Kyle. Kyle, what's going on? Uh, maybe we're in the eye of the hurricane. Who knows? Oh, don't say that. No, 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 no. In fact, I kind of want to put out this mantra for today's episode. Of course, we're going to talk about current events, but we're not dwelling and we're certainly not going to <laughs> perpetuate some of the negativity. I, I, we're, we have an obligation, right? Pundit was on our show last week. We have to talk about it a little bit. But really, there's there's brighter skies later in the episode, and we're certainly you know not gonna throw shit like some of the apes that are still on Twitter. They're still going, Kyle. They're still going. Uh, I I want a more positive experience this week. So take a look Agreed. at the stuff that happened uh, in a very short shrift, and uh, we, we got we got some good stuff. I got loaded up some news this week and Bert had a great closer for us this week. We're going to talk about our gaming origin stories. What brought us to the hobby? So it's going to be a fun, fun, light episode by all means. And I think it's a good break and just a good sit back and listen for the folks that are tuning in. Uh, do you guys do any gaming this week? I did a little bit. I had an online session on Thursday. I did some Pathfinder on Saturday. So I got two game days in this week. What's your Thursday group playing? They're the ones that are kind of without a compass right now. Right, right. I mean, right now we did a, we did a little fate uh, one shot. It worked out to be a two shot. So we're finishing that up and we're just going to kind of go from there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry that I asked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know you're not a you're not a fate fan, but like you know I said, I'll play anything. For fate, so, uh, yeah, I tried. I really did. I gave it a fair. You know, I've got 
more fate books than I would like to admit sitting on the shelf. You've seen them. You played when we tried. It just, right. it just, it was not for us, man. Um, and that's okay. Right. And then, you know, they, they came out with their, their politics all over her face. And I just, I just couldn't do it. <laughs> Kyle, did you get any gaming in this week? I did not. I'm really kind of in between a group right now. I need to get a group. Oh, man, I, I, I wish I could teleport you here on Fridays. I really do. It would be, it would be great. And I don't know. What do you think, Bert? Should like we that. do the disembodied head of Kyle? Well, I mean, why not? If you were willing to do it for Mikey and he never shows up, you know, somebody reliable. I don't see why we couldn't virtual him in. Somebody said reliable here. Hang on. <laughs> and, and it's Friday night, right? So I don't right. know how that's going to jive with with your whole world, right? Yeah, that would. I'd have to look into that. Yeah, uh, well, check, check with the boss. It, it, it's a possibility. We'll, we'll just leave it as an open question mark because um, you know I am. I'm set up here. I've got the condenser mic, so you can hear the table. I've got the camera set up, uh, and I just swing a screen on wheels next to the table. So it's kind of like that scene in uh, Demolition Man when you, you remember the scene I'm talking about. The scene in the boardroom where all of the boardrooms right. were virtual heads in, in screens. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I kind of have something like that set up <laughs> in the gaming space. <laughs> that movie was so prophetic in so many ways. Oh, my God. Yeah, we're living it, man. I'm just waiting for yeah. Taco Bell to be like high cuisine. <laughs> I don't think you have to worry about that, right? <laughs> no, they did bring back the volcano menu, though. So you're going to be about six inches higher off the toilet. <laughs> but, but not necessarily high cuisine. Um, I did a little did a little gaming this week. Um, one of the, the, the groups that uh, I guess they're a casual hardcore group. That's the best way I can explain it because they very rarely get together. When they do, it's a bizarre random weeknight. And uh, I ran them through a little bit of DCC funnel action for you. And uh, Ooh, nice. Yeah, it was a it was a good time. We did have one oh <laughs> <laughs> we had someone that brought someone that brought a backstory and i was like you need to create six characters go <laughs> and and they had no idea what was going on they were not a quivering pile of jello at the end and that's why i say there's always hope for the sparkle troll because you can convert them at the end they had a good time they said i never played anything like this i said no fucking shit you didn't <laughs> yeah i mean a, a character funnel character funnel characters don't have any backstory it's like mook one mook two like they're like they're like the numbered um the numbered henchman from the old Batman TV show. Yes. Right. <laughs> One of the gals that plays at that group, uh, she doesn't even bother to name her characters until she knows who's going to make it. <laughs> so, I don't think I would either. Uh, no, it's, it was a good time. Uh, we did that. And uh, I uh, threw some money into the casino gods over the weekend. That's, that's all I got to say about that. So, <laughs> Um, not too bad of a loss though. I had an acceptable loss. So that was my week. 
Well, that was part of my week. The other part of my week was, I guess, I don't want to call it Fallout because last week's episode featuring the RPG pundit, we know pundit is more polarizing than all of us combined. Yes, that's true. Last week's episode, well, as predicted, was a stone in the pond. And the ripples were far worse than the impact. Wouldn't you say, Kyle? I would agree. Yes. Um, it really. It was it, the death knell for me for this whole thing. I'm ready to move on. Right. And, and unfortunately, Bert, uh, I'll give you the rundown because yeah, you're mean, wise. I, I, you don't know. I listened to the episode, but I don't know anything about the fallout because I hide from social media. Uh, not fallout, but pundit chose to continue his things that he asserted last week, right? Hey, you can't talk about X without talking about Y. And people, as is the internet, continued to give him pushback. And it went back and forth and back and forth and back and forth to the point where a tweet was taken out of context and mass reported. And the RPG pundit is no more on Twitter right now. Wow, I thought that only happened to you, Ryan. <laughs> and I got resurrected. <laughs> somehow, somehow I got resurrected. Yeah, I I think it is incredibly childish. I am done with it. Throughout this whole process, I blocked zero people. Zero people. Everybody is welcome to have an opinion even if it's contrary to mine even if you are going to meme me and make fun of my multiple sclerosis which happened right it happened that's a low blow i took it and i blocked zero people i didn't go after anyone i didn't report anyone and now i'm past it i i said two weeks ago i was done and i wasn't going to address it and i've held to my word There have been no quote tweets, no replies, no nothing. I said what I had to say, and I'm ready to get back to just having some fucking fun. That's what it's supposed to be. I'm proud of you for that. It it was really hard, Kyle. (laughs) Oh, I know it was. I know. We had a couple of conversations. I know. Yeah. I'm trying to keep you on the straight and narrow, buddy. I, I thank you because there are times where stuff was ready to go, and I said, I can't do it. I said my final word. And then I sent it to you and I'm like, I'm going to push the button. And you're like, no, 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 no. <laughs> no. <laughs> and I'm like, you're right. I'm right. We're all right. And, and it's better to yeah. be right. In this case, F, fuck you. I'm right. I, I didn't keep it going. And I'm proud of that. And so uh, yell at me. Yeah. I'm proud of it. Yeah. I think you did the right thing. Um, uh, you know, the whole thing with Pundit, here, here's my take on it. I, I, I love Pundit. I really do. I'm a big fan of his. He puts out some great stuff. He's got some great videos. He's got some great takes and he's a very articulate person and he's very good at explaining his position on the flip side of that. And you can disagree with me if you want. I don't care. I don't think, and I'm publicly stating this now. I don't think or are anti-Semites and I'll just put that out there. I agree with that statement. I agree 100%. I the, don't the think that they're anti-Semites, that, but I think it, that just because they interviewed the guy, Jeffro Johnson, does not mean that they condone any views that he might have. Agree. 
And so I, I just want to make that clear that I don't think that they're anti-Semites. Now, do I think that maybe it was a little bit of poor judgment? Yeah, personally, yes, but I can't, if I'm going to start throwing stones on poor judgment, I'm going to break a lot of windows in my own house. <laughs> We're all screwed. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I'm, I'm not going to hold that against them. The flip side of this is though, that with pundit being banned and, and here's my take on it, regardless of whether or not you agree with pundit and the ferociousness that he was going after some of these guys with, he was banned because of threatening or inciting violence specifically, which didn't happen, which didn't happen because everybody knew what he meant when he said, you get the hammer. It's the ban hammer that everybody talks about. And it's not actual violence. He's not threatening violence. And here's the thing. The people that reported him, they fucking knew that. But they still reported him anyway. Because they knew what the what the final consequence would be. Right. Which tells me that the guys who work out in the gym and are so fucking tough and going to beat your ass are no more better than a bunch of little bitch hall monitors. There, there you go. There's <laughs> straight from yeah. straight from Kyle. That's strong language for me, and I'm sorry if I'm stirring shit up, but that's my take on it. I mean, you, you can't sit there and and claim one thing and then and then use some underhanded tactic to to get what you want just because you don't want to deal with the guy. You well, know, I've always said from the get go, and and this is a, a good general statement, but it very much applied to this situation. If you look at the loudest voices, the loudest voices, and see what they are accusing their opposition of doing, you will know exactly what's happening. And that's what happened here. That's 100% what happened here. Um, yeah. It's, it's unfortunate. I know Pundit is probably, at this point, having a laugh at it. But it stings. I was deplatformed. For months, it stings. And especially when you know that you did not do anything that deserved that deplatforming, right? Now, I'm not saying that Pundit was not being aggressive. Pundit was being more aggressive than I would have been in that situation. In fact, he yes. was. At that point, I had already hit the brakes. I'd given my final word. I said, I'm not addressing these folks. Yeah, he just kept harping on it. I, I think he should have backed off. I tend to agree with you, but I also know, much as we have talked about the characters that we play on the internet, that is the character that he plays on the internet. So, when it's all said and done, everything gets swept up. I think we probably have the resolution that <clears throat> is going to stick at this point, right? Um, for a suspension to come down in a post Elon Twitter, I think it's probably set in stone. Now, do I believe for a moment that there's not another account out there <laughs> that is pundit? I absolutely am sure that that ha exists at this point. Oh, I know there is because I've uh, seen it. Right. Unfortunately, I don't think that that account is ever going to say, be able to come out and say, I am the RPG pundit. And, and that's, that's sad. That's sad. So, 
I, I guess Ooh. the the bros and the foes got what they wanted at the expense of love him or hate him. One of the great thinkers for our modern take at the OSR end of the hobby. And, and that's what it is. Uh, I don't want to dwell. Bert, what do you think about this? Another, another deplatforming over middle school drama, man. I know. And it's just crazy. I mean, I, I kind of makes me wax nostalgic for the days when we could amicably disagree. It's like, you don't think like me, you don't like what I like. That's okay. Now it's, you know, you don't think like me, you don't like what I like. You're not allowed to talk anymore. Right. And I, I think that that hurts everybody. Well, the yeah. opinions expressed by Dying Breed Tabletop may not represent the views of Nerd Cognito and or the infamous well, media group. We're connected now. It's too late. Uh, the point is, <laughs> you know, I, I really, and you guys know, we talked about it off the air before we began. I really didn't want to even address it, but we had to. We had an obligation to because Pundit was here last. And I feel legitimately or illegitimately a level of responsibility for his deplatforming because our conversation was the ignition. You know what I mean? Yeah, was it though? I don't know. Maybe it was. I don't know. Um I feel bad. I feel bad. Folks are running to, <laughs> to the telephone booths right now so that they can get the news in for the evening edition because Ryan feels bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's headlines everywhere. Yeah, extra, extra. It is. It is. I'm actually, oh, speaking of headlines. I'm actually looking forward to going into the news this week because, like I said, um, my final word on the subject came two weeks ago. I won't name names, point fingers, or stir shit from this point forward because I'm done with that, and I want to talk about the news. And I got some news for us to take a look at this week. It's 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 been an interesting week all the way around. Um, What's in the news this week, Ryan? Well, we'll start out with one of our favorite actors of the day, Bert. You better uh, find your old lady and make sure, you know, she's got her seatbelt in because we're talking about Henry Cavill. <laughs> she loves Henry Cavill. Uh, the Witcher season three has begun on Netflix, and this is the death season for Henry Cavill's Geralt. Um, quote, my journey as Geralt of Rivier has been filled with both monsters and adventures. And alas, I will be laying down my medallion and my swords for season four. Now, how fucking diplomatic is that? Knowing the shit that that man has gone through. Right. <laughs> just to preserve what he thought was the original spirit of the original work. Right. And he lost his job for it. Much like he lost his job as Superman for the same reasons. Much as people have rightly or wrongly said that he's difficult to work with because he embodies elements of the original source material in his adaptations. Um, 
I will not be watching season three. I've already made that decision. I I have no desire from what I've read. Um, a lot of the departures from the source material really become present in season three. And it's a lot of the stuff that he was fighting against that finally made the cut. Uh, I think of it would just it be, did. it would be depressing for me to watch season three. Um, there's a now couple episodes out now. Bird, have you seen any? I know you guys are big Witcher fans. No, that's actually probably what we're going to do tonight. Okay. Okay. So so you're in the dark. You'll have to let me know. Um, yeah, my wife's a Henry Cavill fan, so I will definitely be watching season three, but probably won't be watching season four. Yeah, I don't know. Kyle, what do you think of, of, of Cavill? I mean, it, it's noble, but again, the same thing that we just talked about. Did he take it too far? At what point do you shut up and take the check? Well, you can look at this two ways, but it, my personal opinion is that principles rarely prosper. Um, That's true. <laughs> you know, now I respect the guy for holding true to what he believes and, and taking that stance. And I think he did the right thing. Absolutely. And he's going to, let's be honest. I mean, we, it's already been talked about. He's getting other work. It's not like the guy's going to starve. He's not putting his family you know, on the streets or anything like that. No. So, so, you know, it would be different if it was somebody like me <laughs> who, you know, I'm going to stand up for my principles. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. Well, principle, you know, mortgage companies don't take check checks from the banks of good intentions. <laughs> no, they right, do you, not. You, you can't eat your principles. Right. I know it's not going to affect him long-term, but short-term, I really think it has affected him over the last two to three years in the ability to land some roles or to maintain some roles. I think Witcher is exclusively why he is no longer Superman. Without a doubt, in my mind, that's where that's at. But, you know, the right. man's going to eat. He's still going to dress like a million bucks. He still has a million bucks. And holy shit, did you see this new chick that he's banging? <laughs> no, I have not. Oh, no, smoke show. Holy fuck. <laughs> Henry is doing just fine. Henry's doing just fine. <laughs> um, I, I, I don't remember her name, but I often wonder if he does. <laughs> so <laughs> it's more like, hey, you, or. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, Henry, no longer the Witcher. Um, but you're, you're right. He'll be all right. It's just disappointing because season one of that show was so strong, so strong. Season two was kind of a natural progression. You know, there was a little coasting, but then at the end of season two, when all of the behind the scenes stuff came out, yeah. it soured me on it. It really did. So I, I'm a man without a television show right now. It's the truth. I'm thinking of watching that Silo show. I don't know if you guys have have seen or heard anything about that. It's I've supposed to be pretty good. I've heard the name. I've heard the name. That's about it. I don't know anything I don't, else about it. Yeah, I don't know anything about this one. Yeah, it's it's um from what I understand, think uh, missile silo going subterranean, hundreds of stories, cyberpunk arcology story, dystopia that all that stuff. But I'm also over the dystopian sort of arc. That's been played out. The zombies 10 years ago is now dystopian future in our entertainment choices. And yes. it's kind of wearing thin on me there, too. 
I don't know. I need something to good. Something to good. <laughs> it's a me, Mario. <laughs> uh, next up. Yeah, I mean, I've been watching Korean dramas. Nobody's interested in that. No. <laughs> Koreans. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, but, you know, Ryan's not interested in picking up a Korean action show. Mm, no, I I'm, I don't have I'm an interest either. in being tethered to subtitles anymore. Those those days have, have passed me by. In fact, there were good shows that were cursed by that. And I made a tweet last week about it. I said, um, I look at shows like Dark and 1899. Coincidentally, the same production company, but they are multi-language productions, right? And I say, right. it's a multi-language production predominantly aimed at English-speaking markets. So why don't we start doing foreign language presentation the way they did in what I think is the pinnacle of foreign language presentation, which is Star Trek VI? Mm. <laughs> Two lines yeah. of Klingon, and then you flip into English. Right. And title when required. That's it. Star Trek VI, the undiscovered country, is the premier film example of how to do foreign language on screen. Uh, everybody, a good approach. I like it, right? It conveys yeah. the feeling. They do not want to lose the feeling, said whatever. He's German or Dutch or something like that. <laughs> it's all the same. <laughs> something Euro. <laughs> the feeling is important. Yeah, the feeling is important, but... Me enjoying the show is more important. And maybe there is a reason your shows are not doing well financially, huh? Ryan, Ryan, Ryan. Oh, it's going to get better, Bert. <laughs> Wizards of the Coast. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> offers free rainbow dice for Pride Month in D&D Beyond. Now, I have no issues with them throwing out rainbow dice everybody's throwing out rainbow everything right now yeah i have issues with them politicizing the statement okay yeah it's pride month great you put in some digital rainbow dice bully for you that is one of the lgbtqia plus folks applauding and or doing something in the corner here's my issue they issued it with this statement Tabletop role-playing games serve as a sanctuary for players and an avenue through which we can discover what makes us uniquely amazing. To celebrate Pride Month, blah, 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 blah. Many fans feel that tabletop RPGs like D&D are the LGBTQ plus haven, using their favorite D&D races and D&D classes to exploit their identity, get fucked, and fall into a 60-foot pit trap. What spikes? It's a game. Don't impose real-world shit on my fun time. I've said this so many times, Bert. So many times. I, I love the dice. They're actually a good-looking set of dice. When I first saw it, I said, hmm, because uh, I thought they were real dice, right? Not right. digital dice. I said, these are nice-looking dice. I wouldn't mind a set of them. And I get it. It's Pride Month. It's probably going to some sort of pride cause, blah, 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 blah. This was my mindset, right? They're free for anybody that's on D&D Beyond. But I was like, I can hold my nose 
and and accept that and get this really badass looking set of dice. And then I read the story. And I was like, oh. <laughs> oh. So a lot of companies jump on the bandwagon for Pride Month and it's you They know, do. And, and well there's, that's there's that's exactly it. Yeah, these companies jump on the bandwagon and it's it's just it's just marketing and it's just trying to extract dollars and they really don't give a shit at the end of the day. I mean, let's be honest. I don't even care that they're on the bandwagon. I care that not only did they get on the bandwagon, but they got up to the front, grabbed the whip and said, Wagons East, we're gonna really drive this home. Okay, good, you have pride dice. They're good looking dice. Leave it at that. Don't change the hobby for everybody else in. Uh, Ginny D's uh, hate detector AI just went off. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, Ryan, Ryan. Did you did you see this thing with Ginny D, Bert? Probably not, because no, I did not. Uh, I did. <laughs> Kyle, you explain it. I need a slurp. Okay, so apparently it's uh, the way I take it is it's like a search engine, right? Okay. It's a browser that, plugin, right? It's a browser plugin, yeah. So it you, you plug this in and then it'll it's basically it's a social credit score kind of thing, honestly. Uh you know, you can look somebody up and it's like, "Oh no, you know, nerd cognito's bad because you know, they don't subscribe to this virtue signal or that virtue signal or whatever it might be." And whereas this person over here, oh, they're perfectly this is a safe space over here kind of thing They're and it basically good it's, it's, and bad accounts and that's a problem there yeah, individuals I mean, need to make that choice yeah it's a social credit score system is what it is <laughs> but jenny d was in <laughs> hook line and sinker i'll tell you what within six hours without me commenting without me commenting she's clearly using it because i and the nerd cognito ladies were both subsequently blocked <laughs> So, I haven't checked to I see mean, if I was, but I probably am, and I don't care. I mean, it's kind of crazy. Like, the, I, I, I mean, I think Pride Month is a great thing, and you know, companies putting things out there are great. But like you said, uh, I mean, it's a game. It's not meant to be as serious as people are making it out to be. Right, and and I think people probably. We're taking what Ryan wanted these dice. Yeah, it's fine. It's Pride Month. I get it. It's not going anywhere. I'm not fighting against Pride Month here. I'm I'm saying don't take your inch and drive all eight of it all the way up to my tailbone. <laughs> okay. <laughs> God. Ryan, Ryan, Ryan. Uh, well, I just, I see it. It's just virtue signaling. And I just, I absolutely hate that because it's, it's so fake. You can... Uh, when the in the you know maybe with wizards maybe maybe they're because of the people that work there maybe they are a bit more uh genuine about it than some other companies but a lot of these companies it's just they're they're doing it because you know they feel like they have to or they're going to be seen as some sort of enemy of the people it's work kyle it's work i don't hate anybody not not because right. of who they fuck for sure no, i don't hate either. Ryan, you hate everybody. Yeah, but for different <laughs> reasons, right? I don't blanket look at someone. One of my very good managers at my day gig, and I love her to death, died in the wool lesbian. What up, Albino? How you doing? I love her dearly. I don't hate. I hate people because they're assholes. If you're going to be a basic bitch, 
That's one thing. I'm not going to hate you because of who you fuck. Don't shove it down my throat. And I won't shove it down yours unless you ask nicely. <laughs> Back to movies. The Flash. Anybody see The Flash? Anybody go see The Flash? No. 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 Uh, <laughs> yeah, nobody saw The Flash. <laughs> <laughs> it is true. <laughs> uh, the Flash is tracking to become Warner Brothers' greatest financial failure in the box office ever. Ever? Wow, that's pretty serious. Ever. Uh, this is not me speaking. This is a legitimate dyed-in-the-wool box office and financial analyst, Louis Fernando. I've read some of his analysis for other things. Uh, observed that if the performance of The Flash continues to stay on trend, it will lead Warner Brothers to lose more than... The How much? What do you think? That was my drum million. roll. 50 million. Yeah, I don't have 50 million. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll, you know what? We'll, we'll play the clock game. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Kyle, you've never played a game show reincarnation on Nerd Cognito with us, right? I have not. All right. So, uh, you a fan of the, the Price is Right? Uh, I don't know if I'd say I'm a fan i've well, seen a lot of it yeah when yeah, i was young and stuff uh, yeah. yeah well well, that's when it was good right before that fucking tool bag drew carey took over <laughs> yeah right yeah um well the clock game was was on there and the clock game was really easy uh you had 30 seconds to identify the actual price of the product and if you identified that price in those 30 seconds you won the product, and Bob would only respond higher or lower. Oh, that's right. So. Show the price, please. I've got 30 seconds on the clock. Uh, oh, God. Higher, because your first guest was, was uh, 50 million. So higher is your first clue. Go. 100, 100 million. Higher. 300 or million. Lower. Two hundred million. Ding, 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 ding. Wow! Oh, you are <clears throat> Fernando estimates the loss when combined with distribution costs and the advertising budget can lose Warner Brothers two hundred million dollars. Wow! So that's going to pass up the Suicide Squad which lost $120 million. And ironically, another DC movie, <laughs> Wonder <laughs> Woman 1984, which lost $137 million, which proves Oof. that even Gal Gadot's stellar gams couldn't make money. So, uh, well, you know, I look at The Flash, and it is the perfect timing for the death of the superhero movie. Uh. Because real life and comic books have smashed together, much like the Wizards of the Coast thing, to do all of these things outside of the comic realm. Mainstream comics are at an all-time low ebb right now. Indie comics are where it's at. We have a lot of indie comic creators that are out there. Our friend Jason Sandberg with Jupiter 
blowing his goals away right now. But right. mainstream comics are suffering the same thing as mainstream television and mainstream movies. And the people that were going along to get along and not saying anything are starting to vote with their wallets. You can't have all of this political insertion. You can't have a fucking criminal as your lead in a film and then try to pull it out of the fire by saying, Michael Keaton, Michael Keaton, because that was the last ditch effort that they had, right? My, Michael Keaton, my, I'm Batman. Well, sorry, Mike. Yes, you were my favorite Bruce Wayne. Yes, we've talked about it on the show. But you couldn't get the job done here. And there is a part of me that makes me sad. Or there is a part of this that makes me sad. Because it means that great follow-up films like a Batman Beyond starring Michael Keaton might not happen. Could you imagine if they made that instead of The Flash? Batman Beyond with Michael Keaton as Bruce Wayne. Yeah. So then you need a good actor for Terry McGinnis. I mean, you can't expect a supporting actor to carry your movie. Joel McHale. Hmm. I've I've already had this thing cast, right? <laughs> <laughs> Warner Brothers, you can email me at nerdcognitopodcast at gmail.com and uh, we'll negotiate. I'm probably cheap by your standards. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I have, I, have, uh, I have the whole thing cast for Batman Beyond in my brain. Uh, well, good luck. <laughs> $200 million is a lot, right? Some months we lose eight bucks and we feel sad. This is not one of those months. <laughs> this month we have ourselves a check mark hero. Hey, 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 big shout out once again. Happy July to the doc. Doc Jones is our check mark hero for the month. Doc gave us eight bucks to sponsor the check mark for the Nerd Cognito Twitter account. And he's getting this Heidi Ho. Not to mention, Doc is a very good friend of the show. Uh, we appreciate his support. And we love just listening to the stuff that he has to posit. He's on that Twitter machine, Bert. See? See, Bert? You got to get on the Twitter <laughs> machine so that you can follow D-J-O-N-E-Z-73. And uh, you can talk to Doc Jones. Um, Doc, hats off to you, my man. You know we love you. Um, and it's it's weird, you know. We don't always agree, but we're still friendly. Take notes. Amazing. Take notes, Amazing. people. Uh, I'm shocked. How can that happen? But follow follow Doc Jones on the Twitter machine. Again, it's D-J-O-N-E-Z 73. Doc was our... And I thought it was a good time to close out because I would much rather lose 8 bucks than $200 million And Doc made it so that we... We're net zero this month. That's kind of that's kind of the mo for the podcast. We we didn't make anybody, but we're not losing money. So thanks, Doc. We we certainly appreciate you, and you allowed us to close out this news cycle on a positive note. Considering the movie releases from this week, I'm surprised you didn't make more jokes uh, about Doc Jones. Uh, I'm not even going there. I think we have beaten Harrison Ford's inability to hang it up and Hollywood's inability to innovate so much 
over the past year and a half, Bert, that we don't That's even true. need to talk about it. It's maybe it will pass up the two hundred million dollar mark, but I doubt it because Harrison Ford is still pop culture palatable, whereas yes. Ezra Fuck is not. So, did you, did you guys see the new uh, Dune trailer? I I have not. You're my Dune barometer. You're going to tell me all about it. So tell me all about well, it. I got to see that. Yeah, the new Dune trailer released. You got to see a little bit of Christopher Walken as the Padishah Emperor. Uh, they introduced Fade, who's no longer, you know, Sting. He's actually a terrifying-looking character, like all the Harkonnens. So my wife and I are really looking forward to it. I finally got around to seeing the first one. And uh-huh. good movie? I'm not knocking. And, and Bert, don't, don't take the. I know you love Dune. Don't take this the wrong way. I felt it was a little overproduced, if that makes any sense. Hmm. Really? I mean, agree to disagree, but, you know, if that's how you feel about it, that's perfectly valid. It wasn't gritty enough for Dune. Ooh, are you sure? I don't know. I don't know. I'm a big Dune fan as well, so I'm in. I'm I'm with Bird on as, as far as the... Yeah, I thought it was a little too shiny for Dune. Oh, I thought that that was a vast improvement. I mean, you know, Baron Harkonnen was a terrifying villain instead of a comic <laughs> comic balloon. Well, no, I, I'm, I'm not propping up the David Lynch one by any means either. I'm just saying, looking at it on its own, it was a little too polished. I wanted it to be a little rougher. Not saying it's a bad movie. It's just I finally got around to it, and that that was that was my feeling. But you know, I'm fucked up, right? That's okay. No, I'm just, I'm just, I'm not, I'm not seeing it that way though. I, I, I kind of disagree with you on that. I, I defended was... Star Trek Five for years. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you, you heard it here fo- first, folks. Ryan didn't like Dune, liked Star Trek Five. <laughs> actually, Bert, um, since the last couple of weeks have been a little tumultuous, and I've taken my step back from social media. Uh, one of the things that I did was I rewatched all of the Star Trek feature films in order. And I got to Star Trek V. And I got through Star Trek V with limited fast forwarding. <laughs> <laughs> and I took a step back, not only from social media, but from my media room. <laughs> and I said, oh my God. I've been a flaming asshole. This movie is a bunch of shit for years. <laughs> like, I finally saw Star Trek V for what it was, and and I was wrong. Interestingly enough, Generations, which I liked less than Star Trek V, pre-schism. <laughs> Look, we now have a dating mechanism for the OSR. Pre-schism, post-schism. Uh, pre-schism. Yeah. I thought Generations was worse than Star Trek V. Watching Generations this time around, I moderately enjoyed it. Question wow, to, mark? <laughs> to put it in a way that only Kyle will understand, the sleeper is awakened. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Gener- it wasn't horrible. It wasn't horrible. <sighs> and I still love the Shat. I mean, Shatner brings it. He still brings it. Which is interesting. Yeah. Uh, he brings it in his own <laughs> special way. There's no no doubt about that. But he definitely brings it, and he goes hard and a hundred percent. 
Yes. Yeah, I, I can always compare William Shatner to like Bruce Campbell. Whatever they're in, they're still themselves. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I've been Star Trek heavy through this down period. You know, depression. Uh, <laughs> um, watched uh, all three of the Strange New Worlds episodes last week that have been released to date. It, uh, shortly after we drop this, the fourth one will come out. Still a fan of Strange New Worlds. They did rewrite some canon as it relates to Khan, Nudie, and Singh in Strange New Worlds, but not significantly so that anyone other than, you know, neckbeards with Cheeto fingers are going to complain. Um, yeah, I, I'm still enjoying Strange New Worlds. Bert, you're now three seasons behind. Yeah, I know. I still haven't gotten Paramount. And technically, you're four seasons, four and a half seasons behind because you do have to watch the Discovery season that had Pike in it because that's truly the first Strange New Worlds season, if you want to think of it as sort of a prequel season. Um, so. <laughs> okay. Uh, I got my dad Paramount Plus for Father's Day, and so he is currently binging all of the new Trek, and <laughs> he's being predictable Dave <laughs> with the new Trek. Oh, boy. What why, is... What is? Why are these women running this starship? They shouldn't be flying <laughs> that ship. They're a bunch of girls. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Because wow. I said th these are the shows you need to watch, and these are the seasons, and this is the order you need to. Ryan, Picard's fucking old. <laughs> no, no shit. <laughs> Ryan, I don't understand that Borg queen. She looks all right, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and I said, well, Dad, uh, it's Allison Pill. Allison Pill is dreamy. <laughs> and, oh, you're a married man, Ryan. You shouldn't talk like that. Yeah, he's enjoying his Paramount Plus. Even though he hates it, he's going to watch it all. And he's going <laughs> to, you know... It, typical Star Trek fan, right? I, uh, he's... They could be seething, but they're going to watch it. Bad Star Trek is better than no Star Trek? I don't know. I tapped out on Discovery last season. I couldn't do it anymore. Uh, and I, I was, tapped out long before that. I, I held on, right? I, I could get past Michael Burnham crying all the time. And I could get past whatever that cow of the sea was that was Tilly. But... Uh, it, it just bad writing. Uh, it succumbed to bad writing at the end. And I, I couldn't, when they got to the far future, I, I just couldn't stay on board. I, I think the last season I saw was the burn season, which was tolerable. But after that, there was nothing, nothing. I don't know. I mean, uh, people still make fun of me because I like DS nine better than, um, next generation. I mean, they're right, but, you know, DS9 has its <laughs> moments. And DS9 was a ripoff of Babylon 5. It was. He is talking about. It was. And Cisco was never palatable. Okay. Oh, I'm strong, strong station commander. Well, that didn't work. Oh, I'm now avatar of the gods. That didn't work. <laughs> you know? Uh, what was the best part of DS9 for you, Bert? Uh, just if you have to say it in one word or one phrase. The Dominion War. The Dominion War. 
Kyle, best part of DS9 in one word or ended. one phrase? When it ended. <laughs> um, I guess it's only fair. My best part of DS9, uh, one word, Garrick. Garrick. Mm. <laughs> All right, so let's 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 end on a high note, guys. Um, Bert was All talking right. to us before we went on the air and said, "You know, we've been doing this forever, and now we're old men. So uh, why don't we tell everybody our origin stories and what really hooked us into the hobby?" Back I, in my day, and I thought that was a good idea. You know, I, I do want something lighter. I do want to get back to fun. And this is a great way to do it. So, Bert, your segment, your story. You're up first. All right. I mean, fine. We always talk about, you know, gaming, but we never really talk about what got us into gaming. So I thought it might be a fun idea. I mean, I started with, like, Atari and Nintendo. But about the time I hit middle school, I heard about this thing called D&D. Dungeons and yeah, yeah, I started with Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, second edition is where I cut my teeth. I did eventually go back and play some, you know, first edition stuff. But one of the guys that was in my school got a hold of the books, got a group of guys together, and pretty soon we were playing. You know, two every other every Thursday for a while, we would get together, play D and D until late, and then you know make a Taco Bell run. But uh, th that was kind of really where I fell into it. And once I started playing, I was like, yeah, this is something that I really enjoy. What else is out there? So we did, you know, we went through a whole series of games. We did White Wolf games. We did Shadowrun. We did. But that first, uh, you know, that first night playing D&D &D was what really just dragged me in. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that most of us had a, a similar experience and. It's just one of those things that, and I might be wrong, Kyle's going to be like, fuck you, Ryan, no, <laughs> I'm completely different. But it's one of those things where you know from the first moment you play that it is for you. Kyle, what's what's yes. your, what's your uh, origin story? <laughs> origin story as well, without going into too much background. Um, in 1979, um, I moved to Texas, and it was mid spring at that time. So I kind of got thrown into a middle school in the middle of a, in the middle of a semester. Um, I didn't know anybody there. Um, but I used to have to walk, um, home to school and, and vice versa. And there was a store on that walk and it was a wargaming store which I had no concept of this at the time. I was a small town, Missouri kid, went to the big city, Dallas, Fort Worth. I didn't know what any of this stuff was, but it's hotter than hell in, you know, in, in Dallas. And I was going to say it's springtime in Dallas. So it's only like 150 degrees. <laughs> right. Yeah. So it's hotter than hell. So with, I would, so I would stop. Humidity. <laughs> so one day, I, so one day I stopped in this store because it was just hot and you know, AC. So I'll get in and look around. Well, there's all these little miniatures and there's these older guys and they've got this, there's a sand table in the back where they're playing their Napoleonic war games and all this stuff. But there was also a lot of Dungeons and Dragons books on the, on the shelves. I had no concept of what any of this was. And about five minutes later, another kid that I'd actually met a couple of times at the school 
comes walking in with a couple of his buddies. And they were into Dungeons and Dragons. And they saw me. We started talking. And they talked about, yeah, we play this game called Dungeons and Dragons. I'd never heard of it. Well, you should come join us. So the next weekend, I went and joined them. Uh, it was Advanced d and was the first edition. And I've never looked back. Um, that It was a complete... I'd had no concept of the game. They're explaining to me, well, this is what you do. The DM does this. and blah, blah. I was confused as all hell. But then we started playing, and I saw how, you know, I, I kind of learned by doing sort of thing. And I was hooked. And I just knew it from that from that day forward and i've always been into it ever since i've had some time off and you know in my adulthood but um just good times yeah no i i'm i'm glad <laughs> my pre my prediction holds true but it, it, the hobby's interesting I, i've never met someone that didn't know right away that that it was for them you know um right i'm similar but dissimilar story right is right around that pre high school era you know middle school i guess it was called the school that i went to only had what they called lower school and senior school so the, there was there was no middle uh, middle there was no there was no middle ground at that school um but it was right around that age group right and um i had played before at one point i was my family was interesting in that there was this period where we were all over the place, I guess, in my elementary years. And one of the older neighborhood kids at that point was playing advanced. And I had played but not played, right? I sat in because they were all a handful of years older than me and they were humoring me by, by letting uh -huh. me into their game. But they also were showcasing their game because that's what nerds, right, right? Nerds are always looking to recruit. They were, they were showcasing right. their game to me. So my first experience was with Advanced, but that core group from school, which um, would have been, again, those middle ages, was, was definitely second edition. And uh, we did a bunch of mamsy-pamsy little one to six shots back then, which, hey, now that's a whole campaign. But then that was nothing. And then we, we settled in, and I cut my teeth on Spelljammer. So my first mega campaign was Spelljammer. I did all of these little itty-bitties leading up to it. But you're right, man. First character, I was hooked, right? And it was, yeah. it was great. It had all the monsters that I had read about in fiction and mythology and stuff beyond there. It had the theme that you wanted to have in your game. If you wanted it to be dark and horrible, it could be dark and horrible. If you wanted it to be heroic, it could be heroic. You're in middle school, right? If you wanted to bang the hot elf chick, you could bang the hot elf chick. <laughs> um, but in all seriousness, no, you, ju you just knew that that's what it was. And again, you know, it's, it's something that as my different stages of life have gone, and come and gone, I've seen a different approach to the hobby through those stages and, dare I say, through wisdom, right? There's no way that I would play the game the same way that I did when I was, uh, you know, in those early years. But it doesn't mean that I would enjoy it any less. 
and shit, it's it's just it's been a wild ride because it's prepared me for stuff. And I always uh-huh. give people shit. Oh, oh, Dungeons and Dragons isn't therapy. Dungeons and Dragons isn't a job interview. It gives you skills that you can apply to it, but it should not be the core motivation. Right? The core motivation is having fun, laughing with your buddies, banging the hot elf chick. <laughs> but no, uh, you know, it sounds like we were all kind of in the same boat, just with a different venue. So one of the biggest things for me about the game and especially coming into it as young as I was, because I wasn't quite 10 yet, um, is it really teaches at least a child, someone like me at that age, the ability to abstractly think about consequences of actions. (laughs) What are those nowadays? (laughs) Well, I'm being serious. No, no, you're, you're absolutely right. Um, it's important and i think that's one of the reasons why all of the changes that we see coming down from mechanics to destruction of lore really rub us the wrong way because they're taking away the consequences of action in game right yes that's the the story uh oh i'm a story gamer apparently but no the 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 dyed in the wool sparkle troll story gamers we, we've talked about it on this show they want to remove combat from the game so mm-hmm. um no i i hear you and consequence of action in your play means that you're going to have the presence of mind to recognize it in life and that's important right yes oh i feel so cleansed <laughs> <laughs> Hey, sometimes it's nice to just talk to each other and not have something to rant about. We haven't done a lot of ranting, even in weeks past. You know, this is decidedly the zero drama episode, but we haven't really had a high drama episode for a while, even throughout the schism. I own that I had some participation, but I would say I was like a C-string player at best in that whole schism. So, hey, whatever. It's over. It's done. We're back to playing games, talking about the things that we like, and uh, not being bitches about it. So, let me think. I don't have anything else to to throw into the pot this week. You guys, anything on your minds? No. No, I think I'm good. Well, then I guess you know we'll tell people to do the stuff. Uh, the new giveaways have officially launched and uh we encourage you to check out the nerd cognito twitter account at nerd cognito uh the giveaways will have launched right before this show dropped so check it out go and follow the ladies at nerd cognito find the promotional posts and and do the stuff to win stuff uh, one of the things that blew me away was uh, one of the former winners uh, that was international, I think in the interest of being magnanimous and financially conscious, has stepped away from their prize. So we are redrawing right now, or I guess not redrawing, but redoing the 
Giant Slayer Games miniature package. That's the Jester and the Ogre and that set of miniatures. So check that out. Also, as a follow-up to last month, David Gwill, our dear friend, who gave away a hard copy copy of Dungeons & Delvers, has also stepped up. And uh, Gwill has generously offered up his Escape from the Flesh Catacombs and Campus Run modules. So good stuff this, this I guess, I don't want to say this week, but this next two weeks. Uh, those miniatures were a hot ticket, and they are back up on the block. So go to NerdCognito, find the post, do the things, and, and you can win. While you're doing the stuff, make sure that you're also subscribed to Nerd Cognito at the podcast player of your choice. It does not matter whether it be Apple or Spotify or Google or anything else. We are everywhere. What is important is that you hit subscribe and tell your friends about the show and encourage them to do the same. That way, we continue to grow and we grow and there's more show and more show is more fun for everybody and it's just a good thing for the hobby. Other than that, I, I don't have anything. You can follow me if you really want to on Twitter. It's at I hate Ryan David. You can follow Kyle if you really want to. He's at yeah. Dying Breed TT. You can't follow Bert, and we've hit that point home <laughs> this episode, so I need to say nothing more about that. Uh, I'm glad. Join us, Bert. <laughs> Join us. One of us. One of us. Why do I feel like I'm an extra in the invasion of the body snatchers oh, right now? That, it's, it's a good time to get in. You can help rebuild. <laughs> the great schism is over. We are rebuilding. Uh, yes. That's all we've got for you this week. We thank you humbly for tuning in. Uh, we do encourage you to interact with all of those different accounts on the social medias of your choice. And we look forward to to talking at you next week so thank you very much my name is ryan david i was joined by bert and kyle and we'll see you soon be Take safe care. out there everybody